Welcome to the Black Belter Podcast. You're listening to episode 34. Today's guest is Sam Slater. Sam is a professional MMA fighter fighting out of SBG Ireland. Sam had a good amateur career, going 10 and 3, and competed in a number of IMAF events. Since turning professional in May of 2018, Sam has signed with the Bellator promotion. He's had an up and down time so far, going 2 and 2 as a pro, but when you're fighting for one of the biggest promotions in the world, it's never going to be easy, and I'm sure Sam is going to put a good winning streak together soon. Today I chat to Sam about his martial arts journey so far, balancing other commitments like work and college with training and more. As always, like, share and subscribe and make sure to let me know you're listening on social media if you're listening and enjoying the podcast. So let's get into it. So what's up Sam, how are you? Good man, how are things? Not too bad, not too bad. We were just saying about the isolation and lockdown and the boredom. Did you have any fights coming up? I did actually. Yeah, I had I had one um, had one scheduled for the twenty eighth of March. I guess it would have been. Yeah, so about four weeks ago today. Actually, funnily enough, I I had to pull out that with an injury. Um, like about a week before the lockdown got got got, uh, or about a week before the whole thing got kind of bad. The lockdown hadn't been announced yet, but I had a neck injury. But uh, my friend, I was matched on it. My friend. My teammate John Byrne uh, was also matched on it, and he, like, he would have been fighting. Of course, everything was cancelled at, at some point, but um, so yeah, I don't know if it's kind of good timing with the injury, but it wouldn't have happened anyway. But yeah, it's kind so of frustrating. I, how was the injury now? Grand, yeah, yeah, absolutely fine. It was just, it was a case of it would have been grand. It's just it was so close to the fight, um, and uh, I couldn't. The main thing was I wouldn't, I, I could, I couldn't. I wasn't very mobile at all. Like I couldn't even run really or, or do any stationary carry around. Then I couldn't have, couldn't have cut the weight. That was the main thing. I wouldn't mind, you know, I was only a couple of weeks out. I wouldn't have minded if, if I couldn't, uh, couldn't spar or roll or whatever, but like I could, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to move enough to cut the actual weight. So I yeah, just but, made a smart decision. Was it, a, was it an ankle or a knee or? No, it was, it was a back kind of neck thing. Oh yeah. Um, that, that wasn't that serious in the scheme of things like, but like I said, that close to a fight, it, it just wasn't ideal. And like, I guess, you know, I had my last two fights, I wasn't, I wasn't 100% either. So I, I said, I said, and you know, there were two losses. So I said, from now on, like, I'm, I'm going to go into my next fight, my, you know, my comeback fight. Um, I'll only go in if I'm 100%. So I'm glad I made that decision anyway. Yeah, I suppose it, it, it doesn't seem too bad if you go in with a bit of an injury and, and you come out with the win, but then it really yeah. makes you evaluate if it doesn't if it doesn't work out exactly exactly that's true as well it's kind of like hindsight like i fought i've I fought injured before and i and it was like brownie points almost like you know you're bragging about it for them yeah that um, doesn't pay off so um so how did you get started in martial arts my understanding is you're, um, you're, you're a clear man i'm a clear man yeah i'm a clear now my I'm family i'm clear yeah uh, I, I'm a Clare man here myself as well. So, uh, How are you? Where are you? Uh, Six Mile Bridge. No way, you're only around the corner. Yeah, yeah. So where, where, where are you from yourself? I'm from uh, Tim Graney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, But I, yeah. like we would... Uh, what age are you? Me, 25. 25. I, we, I play for Bedike. I played hurling for Bedike. Like, we probably, we probably... If you played GA, we probably shared the pitch. Yeah, we probably... At some at some point in time, we probably yes. did, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. So how did you get started then in, into martial arts? Then, uh, believe it or not, playing the video game, the Xbox game. 
UFC Undisputed 2009 back when I was, I guess I was 15 or so. And uh, and then, as you know yourself down here, there's nowhere to do like MMA. And especially, I don't know about, you're a bit close to Ennis, I guess, yeah? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So like out at this end anyway, there's no, no boxing, no nothing. I was taekwondo for a couple of years. Um, but like, so I essentially was, you know, two, three years, three or four years, like really wanting to do this, um, like 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 really really wanting to, you know, seeing it, watching fights, and and like idolizing. I have pictures here in my room on my wall of of like Forrest Griffin, and like Rashad Evans and stuff like that. And uh, and then when I was eighteen, I went to college in Dublin, and uh, people had recommended SPG. I didn't know, didn't hear of SPG before that, but um, anyone I asked about like do, training MMA in Dublin said SPG. So. Uh, went in, went in there after Freshers Week, really, and that was it. Yeah, so I suppose kind of, kind of late, really, to, to compare to some other people getting involved. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I go, I go through phases of thinking it's a uh, thinking it's a problem, and then kind of realizing it's not a problem, and like, but um, I mean, I don't think it is. I don't think it is like like. Uh, I think any fighter will have a a a, a you know a lifespan on his career anyway because it's such a such a physical sport. Like I don't know, I, I don't know other sports. I guess like like football, they'd kind of they'd have it like a general age that they'd retire, would they? Yeah, I suppose kind of mid thirties is kind of the, the general. Yeah, whereas I feel like no. fighters would fight. Some fighters would fight on if they started probably late, but later in their lives they'd fight on till forty. I'd say like some of them would they? Yeah, there is some good examples yeah. I think of that where yeah. guys who completely manage to extend their career. Just yeah. the damage the damage you can you can take throughout a career that if you, you start young it uh, it kind of builds up. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. But if, uh, have you ever felt maybe you're at a disadvantage, maybe I don't know, like just an example, maybe somebody for like from a striking background, if somebody had a kickboxing or a boxing start like from when they were a kid to where they're maybe bringing that across now, do you feel you've been at a bit of a disadvantage or uh yeah definitely like i mean just just at at times of as an overall as an overall fighter um i know in the bigger picture i'm not but like at times for example um do you know of my teammate as as a huge yeah yeah uh very very high level striker and he came up first time he came over to spg a few years ago maybe like maybe four years ago now i guess and uh i suppose he was like 17, 18, and just like really high level striker, and like he'd been been training under his father for years, and like like started, you know, all the years that I was playing hurling football and hanging out with my friends and whatnot. He was he, he was up at six a.m. running, hitting the bag, like doing pads with his dad, and um, and I was like, oh my god, like he's you know he's a decade ahead of me, but um, I like to think it. And like he still is, you know, he still is. Like, and I, I learn, I learn an awful lot from him every time we train together. But um, you know, I like to think that exactly, it's 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 a sport. It's a it's a sport that has so many different styles in it that like things can outweigh each other. So yeah, I suppose it's it's nearly you know it's it's kind of something in all sports. You know, some people like Tiger Woods picks up a golf club at three at three years of age, and some people mightn't pick it up till they're fifteen. Or you know, it's it's just. One of those things, yeah. yeah. It just happens yeah. in sports. Uh, you, uh, uh, maybe a, 
a disadvantage you just have to overcome the, but doesn't mean you can't exactly succeed. yeah and it's motivating at times I guess like feeling I guess a lot of the time I feel like I have to outwork outwork them like I have to it's like motivation to work harder like I have to put twice as much work in it's cliche but like that's really what I think sometimes like they've they've got all these years on me like I have to make that up now in in the next like few years like um, yeah so yeah. Did, did you get into fighting then straight away did you take a take a fight fairly fairly early into when you started training um I think I had like a white collar boxing match after like nine months or so uh and I and it was about nine months I think when I had like I started doing white collar white collar boxing match and then um amateur Thai boxing and MMA league and grappling matches and stuff like that no, we, we weren't, we weren't, we didn't fight out of the, I was in the city center gym. So I didn't start off training like in the HQ, like where, where John was coaching. Um, and, and up until I fought MMA, even amateur MMA out of that gym, no one, no one was fighting MMA. It was like, we were allowed to fight kind of like striking and stuff like all the other kind of stuff, but uh, no one had represented SPG in the cage as such yeah. until then. So. Um, like I guess I kind of I and me and a couple of my close teammates really pushed for that. Like we were kind of a first wave of um, amateurs, I suppose. Because because of course before us, like Chris Fields and Paddy and all them, Connor even used to train in that like spar in that gym. I think at yeah. lunchtimes because it's in the city centre. A lot of the lads that worked, those lads that worked, used to come in and spar there. He's at a sparring gym. Uh, but when I started there, that wasn't happening anymore. So. It was like me and a couple of lads that I, I started with, Elliot, Levy, Fionn, um, we kind of worked our way up and I I had the first amateur MMA fight out of that gym. Was that, was that Sean, John Kavanagh running that running that gym himself or was that, did he have one of the other guys running it? Um, no, like I, I didn't meet him, I didn't really meet him until I joined the other gym, like he, he wasn't I'd imagine he was overseeing it like from a distance, but uh, it was more run by um, Stephen King, one of my first coaches, a fantastic coach, and uh, Phil White, like the striking coach there, uh, and a grappling coach, and and um, a grappling coach, Eric. And then Chris Fields as well, I guess, was involved because a few of us would go out to the HQ gym on Longmile Road on Friday nights to do to do an SPG MMA team like training or SPG like MMA league team training. All the lads that were were fighting in the MMA league uh, for SPG met on in Longmile in the big gym on Friday nights and all trained. So it was a good chance for us to go and train in in that gym. And like even though we weren't training with the fight team like with Paddy and Connor and that yeah uh it was kind of like an introduction introduction to that atmosphere and they were kind of floating around sometimes, you know, and stuff like that. So through that, I guess Chris was involved with the city centre gym as well. What was that like when you first kind of stepped into the into the gym and saw all the guys who had been either in the UFC or pushing for the UFC? Um, yeah, it was it was different. Like I mean, I I guess I was I'd been out there, I'd been out there doing the MMA league and stuff before Connor got signed. I think I think a bigger moment for me was when like. We were waiting at we were waiting outside the city centre gym, waiting for the coach to open up, and uh, the lads were talking about how Connor had been signed, and that was like a bigger moment for me, where I was like, 
like wow like maybe you know like this could be my career like um because up until then i don't think i'd you know i was i was very i was certainly very dedicated and i was doing it all the time but purely because i loved it and i wanted to fight amateur definitely and i wanted to do well but i was a kind of like a switch where i was like well maybe actually maybe it's actually really worth it in terms of this could be a, a career like as well yes was it maybe went from like a, a dream of the, the, the wouldn't it be great if 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 that if it was possible and then it only takes that kind of first guy to get signed and it's got ah, there, exactly there's, there's a path now you can see what the way to the way to go forward exactly yeah exactly yeah so then like um you had a good a good few mma for or sorry like amateur mma fight to you even then um yeah uh, i had three i i three out of i had three out of the city center gym um and then that kind of, I had my third fight and then I, I, that kind of coincided with me finishing my third year exams. And I decided then after my third year exams that I'd leave college. I was doing a four, like what would be a four year degree, but I left with a, an ordinary degree, uh, just to pursue MMA like, and, um, so that happened shortly after my third MMA fight. And then I moved, when I finished college, I moved out to near Walkinstown where um, the Long Mile Gym was. It was actually then, it had, had already moved to where it was last, uh, which was Concord. So uh, they're all really close together where they all were. But um, so yeah, I moved out to Walkinstown, rented a place out there, got a job relatively straight away, like in a subway out there and that that marks me you know training with the pro team and living out there and working not in college anymore you know working sport myself like oh, and just you, going after it like really going after it like yeah how have you found that balancing a balancing a job with trying to train for a pro career good uh good like i think i think it's always kind of kept me a bit hungrier um, I had a stint when I, when I first got signed to Bellator, where I decided I would stop working for a while and just focus on training. Um, and it was good. Like I, I found I, I got more. I, I suppose I got better quality rest at the weekends and stuff like that. Um, because it's one of the hardest things now, I suppose, is like you know training three, two or three times a day all week. And then work on Saturday and Sunday. So it's like there's no real time when you're actually like fully at rest. Yeah. Uh, obviously not now because crying on all that, but this usually like so so I took that time to actually just train and it was like I was training all week and then I was I'd train Saturdays, I guess, and I would rest on Sundays, like properly rest. Um but and then and then I went back to work again after my second fight with Bellator. And I think for now, I kind of, I kind of, I want to continue working, uh, not only because I need to work at the weekends to support myself, but I think, like I said, it keeps me hungrier and it like, it kind of keeps me more focused. Like I don't get distracted the weekends then. It's like, it's like, you know, keeping the head down all the time. Yeah. You have that structure that kind of, you, you know, but you it is, yeah, structure, I guess, and routine. Like, yeah. And so then like, even as amateur, yeah, you would have done two of the, two of the IMAF tournaments. Uh, how did you find that experience? Great. Uh, so I did uh, Birmingham in 2015. 
and that was amazing like that was that was a great experience um yeah just a lot of experience packed into a short amount of time at that at that during that one um they were still doing multiple fight or like more than one fight in a day so i had like i had three fights but i had three fights within like 36 hours um like i had two the first day and then i'd won oh no i'd won i'd won the first day and then two the second day and um so like that was great experience i kind of wish they'd kept doing that to be honest i think they i think i think that's good i think that's like good experience doing like that um but and then i did so i lost my i won my first two fights there and i lost the third and uh, which was kind of and i didn't medal which was it was kind of annoying though because the guy that beat me in the third fight uh oh no sorry one one of the guys in the bracket with me who ended up having the same record as me um like moving forward sorry the guy who beat me yeah the guy who beat me in the third third fight and put me out of the tournament lost his next fight so but he hadn't he'd been he'd got a forfeit in his first in the first round so i finished the tournament two and one two wins one loss he finished two and one but he still got a medal he got a gold he got a a bronze medal because he got a walkover like on the first one but anyway it's it's petty but like um and then i went to bahrain uh in 2018 i guess that was the world's and that was great as well like but like i think i was too i think that i took it all way too seriously like not that you shouldn't take it seriously but birmingham i was like i was like young and i was just like i didn't care and i was just having fun and like whereas bahrain i was like trying to do everything to like a science like my sleep what my i was trying i was already changing my sleep pattern to match the the daylight time in bahrain and like had my diet like perfect which i which i still do i think that's important for me anyway but um i was doing everything like too too focused almost and like building up too much and posting loads on instagram and saying like how i was going to win gold and like um and then I won my first fight and I lost my second fight to Kazakhstan. Um, but still, amazing experience. Amazing experience. That, they're hard. It's hard losing in those because... It's hard losing any fight, but it's hard losing in those because you're in your mind, you're like, I am, I'm going to have five fights this week. You know? And then you lose in the second day and you're like, like I don't really care that I lost, but like I want to fight again. Like, like That's one of the hardest things. Is like I want to fucking fight again. Like, I, wish they would, I wish they would have some sort of structure where you could just get the fights in anyway like you know um so i ended up taking a a fight uh 10 like i lost my fight and then i was straight on to my teammate elliot who um who often gets me fights and he got me a fight 10 days later in liverpool um so we flew him from bahrain or whatever and i thought and that fight in liverpool ended up being one of my favorite performances in my amateur career anyway and ended up being my last amateur fight yeah. So, did, how did you how did you find the the difference between the kind of the tournament setup to maybe uh the the Saturday night format kind of where it's just one fight that night versus going to a tournament where, you, like you said, you're you're nearly building up to have five fights. Yeah. Um. I guess it's a lot less. Like, it's kind of a lot less intense. Uh. I don't know how I'd describe the difference. I think I think I'm quite good at tuning out the crowd or what's going on outside the cage. Anyway, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd imagine a lot of fighters are. I can't I can't say what they're experiencing, but I I think once it's once I'm in there, I didn't like not too much of a difference. 
there is that obviously that amateur feel to it with the rash guards and the shin pads so that does take away a bit from the intensity of it like um even even when i fought amateur on the amateur shows the amateur fights that i had we didn't have shin pads or anything so you know like that 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 puts an edge on it almost like there's nothing yeah. like you know you just have your gloves and your shorts and your rum shield and that's it um but then again with the with the imafs it's like everyone's hanging around in the hotel like all week and and like eyeing each other up and like i remember the first my first fight in bahrain i kicked my opponent's knee and uh my foot after the fight my foot ballooned up and me and my who i was staying with fion we were doing ice baths in our in the hotel room that night all that night we were ordering ice and they doing ice baths i was trying to get my foot sorted out and it wasn't too bad the next morning i woke up of course we have to weigh in every morning and um I remember I was going out to weigh-ins and like I was wincing because I couldn't, I didn't want to be limping around because I didn't know who my opponent was. Yeah. And like, you know, anyone, like any member of his team could have, could have known I was fighting him and said like, oh, your man's limping. It's his left foot, whatever. Uh, so, but that's uh, a part of the experience. Everyone couldn't wait in the sauna as well. Like, you know, going in and like, I remember when I was out and I was chatting to one of the lads who was in my, my division. Ben, who won it in the end, actually, and uh, the Amer- American lad, I think, and um, and we were chatting away and like, I was just like asking him how things were going and stuff, and he was like, I, he was being kind of ingenuine, I, I, I felt, and then and then it came, he was asking me how I was getting on, and I was saying how I'd lost today, and he was like, he kind of like let out a sigh of relief, and he was like, he'd been like lying to me to make it seem like he was he was in better shape than he was because he was still in it, he thought I was still in it. And that we might have been facing each other. So he was like trying to say that he wasn't struggling or anything like that. And then he was like, when I, when he found out that I was actually out of the tournament, he was like, oh my God, yeah, I'm cutting in here, cutting weight every day. And like, I'm losing this many pounds and like however tired he was and how sore he was and stuff like, uh, so. Yeah, it's yeah. a, it's more of the, I'd be much more used to kind of that, that kind of feel because, um, you know, with Taekwondo, it is like that. Like I take, you go away with a team and it, it could be a couple of countries in the same hotel and you might be fighting for a couple of days. You you see the guys that you're, you're sparring against like that. If people are cutting weight, we're lucky enough that you only have to weigh in the one day. But yeah. you, you could see the guys, you could see guys in the sauna that are in your division. And, that, and it, it doesn't really take getting used to, to get used to that environment. If like that, because it can, it can, it starts to build it up. Even the nerves, like like you said, when you start seeing the guy and you're you're eyeing the guy you're going up against, and Jesus, you ready? And like that, even you said, like, does he have an injury? Does he have this? If you're in the sauna, yeah. how long has he been in the sauna? How much is he cutting? And it takes that experience to maybe get used to that and maybe just put it out, put it out of your mind. And yeah, uh, but, yeah, I, don't <laughs> I don't have much of that, of course. Like that was kind of, I guess, jits comps, but like that was that's the only kind of real tournament experience I have and and I could see why lads that like for example Isaiah comes to mind Dylan Logan and Kiefer like come to mind having that like got a kickboxing or taekwondo or whatever experience like tournament experience and having like ha- like how many how many fights have you had would you say in tournaments totally uh, like couldn't count like I'm just going to, well, I'm going since I was seven to you know yeah. to like if you're competing like, I couldn't count yeah I'd struggle with tournament to count the tournaments I've done. Never mind, right? It's, you know, so there you go. So it's like, like you know, and that's that's all those times stepping on the mat and like start looking at your opponent and having all them nerves and like 
that's all, that counts for something that's for sure like you know and I, and I guess I never really had that like I just had it on a on a on the sports field like but nowhere near that level so it was good to it was good to have that uh I really need to run and get my laptop charger man no worries give me a sec So, uh, but um, just go back to kind of what we were saying. It was a uh, like I had um, Liam Og Griffin on uh, from SVG, oh, yeah. SVG Cork a couple of uh, about two weeks ago, and he kind of described the the difference maybe from the like the IMAF experience to the Saturday Night Show is more so nearly like the IMAF is more is amateur, and then it's nearly semi-pro the Saturday Night Show. Would you kind of maybe feel something similar? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, it is, it is semi-pro. I mean, part of the difference is that there's no elbows. I mean, now, now I know it's different now, like the shin pads and all, but like back then, the, the only difference is no elbows, but the, the rounds were shorter and smaller gloves, I guess, no knees to the head, maybe. But like, completely, yeah, it's like, it should be called semi-pro. Like, yeah. you're not getting paid, like, so. Um, yeah, but I made the point then that you're still kind of been asked to sell tickets for some of these promotions because... For them to work, they still need to have, they still need to make some money. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I remember, I won't say who. Remember, for a fight, a promoter contacted me and being like, I was looking for a fight, and the promoter was like, uh, "If you, if you can sell it, if you promise to sell this many tickets, I'll give you a fight." And like, I told John in the end, and John, John basically sent was like, "I'll do this," and sent him a message, a message, and be like, "Don't." don't ever talk to my, my fighters like that but uh like that just shows like how they're kind of like i guess kind of being used in a way like amateur fighters are being used in a way uh i suppose they're playing on we're the using the promotion yeah Sorry. i think they're kind of maybe playing on the fact that you know they know this guy needs needs experience and that's you know so they're, they're yeah. banking for that exactly yeah and they're uh, and they're doing a they're we need them as well, I guess, you know. We need them so um Yeah. So what kind of prompted you to turn turn pro then? What like why like why then? Um I just I felt like coming off the loss of the IMAFs and and I think that was a big big learning a big like po- point of learning, uh or maybe a big change in my mindset. I probably couldn't put my finger on what it was, but I think some fights, um, you, I think some fight, like some, some wins, some losses, like you don't necessarily learn a huge amount. Some wins and some losses you learn a huge amount from. And, and that, that tournament, the, my fight and my loss at IMAS, just like it was like a big kind of reevaluation of an every reevaluation of everything. And then, I went into that fight I got in in Liverpool ten days later, and I just felt like I felt like I take took taken all the lessons from my last few fights, and especially the last of the IMAX, and just like just instantly kind of rectified what what problems I was having, and I just felt really good. Like, and I, I guess the fact that I got a stoppage. You know, I was really confident coming off, and I had a lot of hype after that stoppage and stuff. Um, and it was November to, so that was that was in, I guess November that fight. And then I had 
I had uh, agreed to fight on Brave Europe in June the following year, so several months later. And then uh, I think like the day before I, I signed the contract for my Brave fight, this was this was fight week of Obama, of Obama Dublin. And I, on the Tuesday, I, I, I'd i heard through John uh, that um, Jean, Jean, Jean Anderson's opponent had uh, had pulled out, who was actually Akon, Wanless. Akon was meant to be fighting Jean Anderson. And Akon pulled out with an injury. And then I heard that the fight was available. And I said to John, I take it. like So, that, so my pro debut would have been brave in five weeks. But then I was just like really wanted for some reason just wanted to take this fight and I took that fight um on the Tuesday of fight week so I signed the, the contract for Bama and then the next day I signed the contract for Brave for the Brave fight and did the Bama fight and uh, yeah just it all kind of came together to be honest it, it was like it was my favorite performance to date definitely yeah and, uh, what, what, what which Bama card what, what was that was that was it the one in Dublin um, was that, you said it would have been it was in uh, Dublin. So I'm trying to think who else fought. Like, uh, to be honest, I can't even remember who the main event was. Like, I, it was the 12th of May. Yeah, I think it was. In was Kiefer on the call main of that one? I don't remember, but I'd say he would have been. Yeah, I don't remember, but I'd, I'd imagine he would have been being a Bama in Dublin. Like, it would have been the likes of Kiefer and James. And I'm pretty sure I was at that. I'm pretty sure I was at that one. Mm. Um, would have been, yeah, I think Keith, that's where Keith got the big cut over his eye. Um, I, I think would have been the one, was it? When he fought the British lad, was it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. That would have been the same card, wouldn't it? That might have been it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. A... Actually, you know what? I can't remember. A bit between Bellators and Bamas and fighting on them and not fighting. I've been to so many fights there now. Like, Yeah. Do, do yeah, you feel do you feel you're kind of lucky to have them those many kind of cards in, in the big arena, like the in the three arena? Definitely, definitely, yeah, definitely. And and to be able to, I suppose, a lot of the times to be able to kind of flow in as a as a team member as well is is good, good. Like, um, and and participate. Like, I've fought there twice now, which is which is really nice. Like, and how have you found? Uh, like, I know you said you were maybe you suppose a bit late. Um, a lot of your stoppage wins have been by submission. Um. Is that more? Is that more side of your game that you kind of prefer or rely on more so than maybe the stand up and knocking guys out with one punch? Um, <laughs> I guess it kind of came to me easier. Um, I don't know why the grappling came to me easier. I don't know if it's just to, to me, but striking seems like more of a a pedigree that's like year kind of years in the making those reflexes and like reactions and like milliseconds where grappling's kind of, I don't know, I, I guess, I guess it kind of, it, it, I more kind of got it early on. Um, but striking is definitely something that I've worked on a lot more since definitely since my last, my, my, my last two losses. And even before then, them, I was just kind of putting it together, but definitely since my last fight, um, I've, I've patched, things up big time like I'm still obviously it's still a work in progress but like um I've been training down in Philsborough in Dublin Combat Academy with Collie Mahan uh people might know Collie or they might know of Craig Coakley who's yeah. would be regarded as like the top yeah the top 
Thai boxer of Ireland um, at the moment, like one of the best in Europe for sure. And uh, yeah, really enjoying training down there uh, for my Thai boxing and uh, feel like I've come on like a long way. Um, since then. So, so I'm hoping I'll be able to incorporate that more into my game. And like, and the other thing is, it might have been a silver line and I, I injured my knee before my Bellator debut before I fought Chris Duncan. And uh, kind of forced me like I, I, to essentially not do any grappling. So for the for a year, that happened in January. I fought Chris in February. That happened in January of last year, obviously. And uh, for the year, I essentially wasn't uh, wasn't grappling. So it's only it's only really very end of last year, like the very end of December, that I started testing it grappling again. So I'm kind of back to grappling and striking now. But had a year of just kind of focusing on striking. Maybe, like I said, maybe it was a blessing in disguise that I was forced to just put grappling to the side for a bit and focus on striking. Yeah, and like, how did you find going into your pro debut with a guy who was, I suppose, at the time that would had a lot more experience than you had because. I think he was what was a two and three or three and two. He had I think five fights, and you were stepping in there first fight. But is was that kind of on your mind stepping in against that guy? Um, kind of. I think what was more on my mind was was that like from my amateur kickboxing, my short amateur kickboxing career, um, I fought on one show. Chris Boyne ran. Uh, it was called Future Talents. I think it was like. Yeah, it was future talents, and I, when I was still fighting amateur, you know, I was real, I was fairly low down on the cards, like on the amateur cards even. And uh, G. Anderson was headlining the pro, like he was the pro main event, you know, and like he knocked it in this particular fighting, he knocked the chap out with a like a by a scissor knee kind of thing, like and you know back then, like and I was like, oh, I like that, you know, that's like a flashy strike, and like that's a real high level striker, and then that was kind of more playing in my mind, but certainly was very confident like his MMA record wasn't didn't necessarily bother me um because I don't think I really rated the opponents he'd had I felt as an MMA fighter I was I was um I was better than any of the opponents he'd had and like in my mind I was better than him um in it when it came to MMA so yeah like that was a it was a a dominant performance. I gave it a I gave it a watch back, and uh, you kind of you fairly dominated him when it came to like that in the 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 grappling exchanges and on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, and I think you can see. It, I was, you know, I res- I definitely respected him on the feet. Like, um, yeah, yeah, you could see. It was kind of it looked even enough on the feet, even, but it definitely looked like yeah. then when when the grappling exchanges were initiated, that uh, you you were much more comfortable there and much better there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt I did. I did feel. Uh, I certainly did feel comfortable in the grappling. Like, yeah. And so then, how did the kind of how did how did the signing for Bellator come about? Okay. <laughs> um, the Bellator thing came about because I had the brave fight. To be honest, like I wouldn't be able to say what month it was. I think I might let her out. I wouldn't be able to say what month it was then because I fought in Brave and I can't remember was it was that 2018 2018 yeah was summer 2018 Um, and then and then I guess towards the end of that year at some point um, 
I got that offer from John and um, yeah, that was it. I got the offer like then, you know, there was like people or the lads on the team who also got the offer were talking about it and like um, huge amount of buzz around it. Obviously, we were all delighted. Like I was, I was elated like. Yeah, I'd imagine. And like like you said, like getting to fight on those, 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 the big atmosphere and the likes of like when you see the atmosphere, the guys like of uh, Peter Quigley and that walking out to to zombie. And yeah, stuff, it must be cool to be a part of those cards. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like to like like when Quigley walks out, like you know Quigley, Kiefer, James, like when the, when they walk out to the, the arena, it's like even even like 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 the likes of Blaine and Will and like you know there's there's big Irish names now. Like the those lads are like bringing a lot of names, bringing a lot, filling a lot of seats, like. Uh, and it's it's cool like it's it's like you know something it's like witnessing something that like something else to aim for like you know to have like that's our one next is to have that many many people in the arena like there for me like you know yeah yeah closer to the main event exactly yeah exactly but but even at that like some of the some of the more main events on them cards you know, wouldn't like, you know, you've Kiefer like fair like might not even be be like far off the card, but like he still has like everyone on their feet and like the the place goes nuts like, um, so yeah, yeah, I think sometimes things like that can nearly be, I I don't know maybe if a boy but it kind of seems the the way Bellator kind of sometimes mix up their shows, it kind of it kind of dictates, you know, they have some of the fights are part of this car, but some of the fights are part of here. So then you can end up with a, you know, like that, a big, a big kind of name and a, a, somebody the crowd want to see can be sometimes yeah. far down the card. And... Yeah, it is. It is. You know, we were, we were wondering why, why Kiefer was, and you know, why, why, why wasn't Kiefer? Cause someone, someone pulled out to name an event or so, there was meant to be what was the main event meant to be last belt or card anyway we were wondering why Kiefer wasn't in there as that main event slot uh, when whatever fight was pulled Queely was it I think it was Peter Queely yeah yeah so you know we were wondering why why wasn't Kiefer in there instead of Queely same team you know close friend partners like but but look they they have their own reasons for doing everything and like uh, Kiefer still put on a form performance so is the would you say the plan is to is to maybe stick with Bellator for a period of time or would you like to maybe if the opportunity came to go to the UFC would you like to try try your hand there? Um, yeah, so I have two technically two fights left for Bellator, um, and I want to fight. I do want to fight for them in Dublin again, for sure. Um, to be honest. I don't know. I mean, it would depend on depend on what offers are there. Like, again, I'd be over the moon with an offer from the USC. Like, that'd be that'd be amazing. Um, but I'm moving again with Bellator. I'm going to move down to featherweight. Um, so I've been a, I've been a lightweight until now, and uh, moved on to featherweight and, and get you know get two dominant wins now. With my last two fights on this contract and. You know, I'd like to I'd like to resign Belder, I think, like because they're doing regular shows in Dublin and that's like that's priceless, like being able to fight up, up there in the free arena and have 
my family and friends are supporting me. Yeah, and um, in terms of like a, 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 your maybe training schedule and stuff, uh, how many sessions were you were you fitting in? Um, like what is a, what is a normal kind of training schedule? I suppose if you're in it, if you're in camp, what would that look like? Uh, it was looking like generally for the last good while, I guess the year year or two years. I guess the last year and a half consistently, I've been kind of doing like. Uh, three sessions a day on three days so three sessions a day monday wednesday friday two sessions on tuesday and thursday and then one really light one on saturday after work like which is probably just going to be a rehab session or something like that so and i'm kind of at that now here i'm i'm doing doing about because i'm doing shorter sessions here uh because i'm training alone obviously it's it's harder to be doing like an hour and a half two hours if you're not if you've no nobody's to move around with and so i'm doing like hours i'm just doing three hour long sessions a day here but yeah in camp like it's going to be uh monday wednesday friday three sessions tuesday thursday two sessions and what size of a mix kind of does that have then in terms of like uh, mma to maybe strength and conditioning to anything else uh yeah so i'd be doing strength kind of training three days a week um and then conditioning three days a week and then the rest is kind of filled in with like trying doing the sparring sessions with the team grappling sessions with the team um like striking in dca and stuff like that so it's like i have like three strength and three conditioning and then the rest i'm filling in with um everything else but like i will like I, I kind of use those as my my structure, like because I have my my strength and conditioning coach, Joe Dudley, who I started working with. He's he's a he's a brother of one of my best friends actually from down here, and he he like he had to like chew my ear to get me to start doing a bit of strength and conditioning, because I was like a couple of years ago I was like, ah, it's not you know it's not that important for me, and like I'd rather spend my time working on technique and all this stuff, and he was like, I oh, just give like give these sessions a go, and I ended up really enjoying them, and. Uh, and, fig- and and felt like I actually felt a, a difference when I was sparring, when I was rolling and stuff. Like like even little things, like he had me, he had me training my grip strength, and I felt like after after like I guess it was you know a good year working on it, but like I felt like I could like my grip, like I could just grappling, I could just hold people and stuff like that. Like that's just one example of like of many things that like it's actually made me realize okay that is actually a really important part of like. I guess being a professional athlete in any sport. Um, so I use those sessions as like the skeleton of my routine. Like, cause if one, if I miss one of those, it's like, it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll tell myself I can miss something else. But like, if I get, if I'm getting those done, then I'm going to, I'm going to stick to everything else. I'm going to get in and get my strike and done my grappling and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Would you prefer like that? Would, so would you prefer the, the MMA training more so to like the the um yeah the condition yeah. like you kind of have to do. if you can force yourself to get the strength and condition in then you know the yeah. the rest of the stuff that you enjoy is much easier to go and do and stick to exactly yeah exactly I I really enjoy I really do enjoy the strength sessions like the heavy squatting and deadlifting and stuff I guess uh anyone would when you start like anything when you start to see results because it's cool with that because like you have actual numbers like and like you know month to month you're 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 lifting more and stuff like that but you know, I'm. I, I know I'm not. A, I'm not a powerlifter, but like I, I'd imagine, like any 
any combat athlete likes the best, you know, the, the, the most enjoyable sessions are sparring sessions and like live rolling and stuff like that is the most enjoyable part. Like, And do you, do you see, do you think it was important that you got working with a strength coach straight away as opposed to maybe like uh, doing your own sort of programming and looking after that to yourself? Do you feel like the coach, a coach makes a big difference? Definitely, definitely. Like, uh, even for me, um, even for me, like, I don't, I, I guess, like, and you know, any any athlete, like, anyone, like, I, I don't like to do things like half measures or I don't like to do things. Like, I'm not motivated to do something unless I think it's going to work. And, like, having Joe there just, like, to be able to message him or call him and be like, uh, he, like, he's going to give me, like, a solid plan or he's going to, he's going to give me a definitive answer. Like, I'd be like, oh, will I do this or this? Like, I can't, oh, I don't have access to a squat rack today. Whereas if I was on my own, I'd be like wondering, oh, what I do? He just sends me a message, like, like, do this. And it's like, you know, a voice of reason. It's like, and I trust it and I'm going to do it. Like, and because, because I trust it, it's going to work. Like it's going to, I'm going to get results from it. Like, um, so I think that's important for me. It's like having, having nutritionists, like, um, just having someone like a voice, like a confident person to tell you, no, this is what you should do. And like, I think placebo comes into that a lot as well. You know, it's like, it's like you're confident in them. So like them telling you to do it, you're just going to do it and it's going to work like. Yeah. Um, it, otherwise you're, you're nearly double guessing yourself. And like, Exactly. Am I right? Am I not? Whereas if somebody else uh, is telling you, it's much easier to go, ah, oh, well, yeah. I exactly. They, they know what yeah. they're talking about, that kind of idea. Exactly. And there's nothing worse than like when you're mid-session and you're going, oh, like, should I actually be doing this? Is this working? Or should I actually be doing something different? Like, but. You know, when so when a professional has told you, no, this is what you should be doing, like then you're not gonna, yeah, exactly, like you said, you're not gonna second guess it, like. And uh, so, do you work with a nutritionist then? Because you said your nutrition is a uh, yeah, is on point. So who, who yeah, what's your nutrition then? I work with um, Alex Nealon, who who actually who I got in contact with through my teammate uh, Danny Nealon, who who fights for Baltor now, um, and. I always got on really well, Danny, and uh, she went to the IMAFs as well in Bahrain. And uh, I met Danny, I met um, Alex there, Alex, her brother, who's a who's a dietitian, like registered dietitian. And um, he, I, I actually already had a nutritionist at the time, but it's kind of similar to situation to when I started working with Joe. Like you know, we were just chatting, and he was like, he wasn't imposing anything on me. He was like, listen, just if you want everyone, everyone have a chat, or you ever need any advice, like want to get a second opinion on anything, just send me a message, and like. You know, I started and like seeing kind of what what kind of values he had and stuff. And uh, one thing that I really liked about him straight away was it, around the kind of similar time I was trying to reduce uh, my animal, like the, the meat and stuff I was eating. And one thing I liked about Alex was he he had no problem with that. Whereas nutritionists before were like, ah, you can't, you have to eat meat, like, uh, you know, all this, like we need protein high and whatnot. Whereas Alex was like, that's grand. And he, and his protein goals for me weren't like, weren't ridiculously high. Um, they were fairly moderate. And I, so I was like, okay. And I tried the macros that he was, he recommended a certain amount. He recommended macros to me, like how many calories a day, how many fats, proteins, carbs to eat a day. And I just, I, I, I found like really good results straight away. I got, got in really good shape. I got, I lost weight. I got like leaner. Uh, uh, I didn't lose any muscle or anything like that. 
And so that was one thing. It was like, you know, when a nutritionist tells you eat these, this amount of calories and you do it for four weeks and you're, you're losing weight on the scales and you look way better, like, you know, that's a no-brainer. And then the other thing was he was like actively changing my relationship with food. And I think some nutritionists, especially for MMA, could maybe could maybe be making um, their fighters' relationship with food worse. And in a way that like they're kind of ignoring any any problems that you have in that sense just to make weight. Whereas Alex is like, okay, well, you know, this is a problem. We need to address this, even though it's going to maybe hinder our results short term. But like, this is a problem that will hit, will like, you know, you, you, this, this aspect of your relationship with food is like, is dysfunctional and we need to fix it and like actively change it. And like, that is like, that's priceless to any fighter because you'll talk to majority of fighters you talk to will have a fucked up relationship with food and uh through cotton weight and like been able to bit like and i'm still you know i'm still a work in progress like i still have my my as any fighter does like but uh that's, that's another thing i really like about alex is like he's actively trying to change that and like yeah so that's alex and so do you do you eat meat at all now or are you going vegetarian vegan or uh i i do like i do like generally when i'm in camp i do um I wouldn't eat any meat or fish during the week and I'd eat at the weekend I'd have like sushi usually or like if I was having I'd, I might have ramen and I'd have a bit of pork or something in it but um generally like but yeah I don't eat any meat during the week uh and then maybe at the weekend like uh, sushi or something and uh yeah and like I've no brother no bother hitting I know a lot of people um think it's not the best for athletes but then again you know, different body types suits me perfectly. And also I think a lot of people are doing it and not tracking their cat, their macros. Uh, and I found at times I've done it and not track my macros. I felt like it didn't feel right. But the last time that when I started then last time, which was well over a year ago, I started to track my macros. I was with Alex and he was like, and I was making sure I hit my protein and, um, it was perfect. Worked perfectly. Yeah. So has that maybe, has that had a, an impact on your decision to drop down from lightweight to, to featherweight? Or is that more so a, uh, just a, um, a, a, like a physical thing you think you could perform better at, at featherweight? Well, it's more because even... I can't remember when I start, when I cut out. I cut out meat, I think, shortly before, maybe like six or eight months before, six months, I'd say, before my Bellator debut. Um, and for both for both my Felter fights I made lightweight really easy like um and so it's more because of that like like I guess I felt like the two boys I fought were were physically bigger than me in the cage and they were like Chris Duncan I remember was like I spoke to him after he was like I think he said he was like over 80 kilos when he woke up fight morning and I was well under 80 like you know yeah. Uh, and then Akon obviously is, is, is a big boy like um, and and just based on how easy I was making lightweight I knew that I could it was like after my last loss I really started to think like why are the sacrifices that I'm not making you know like what like how could I push more like and that was that was kind of one thing that stood out it was like well 
I actually make lightweight easy enough. Like obviously months of dedication of on my diet, like, but then it's like, I could have that last push uh, in fight week and I would make featherweight and then I'd have that, that extra edge in the cage. Like. Yeah. Do you, and do, do you feel then you'd be, you'd be one of the bigger guys uh, at featherweight if you, when you drop down? I think so. Yeah. Or, or at least just be fighting lads my size, you know, there's going to be other featherweights cutting from, from my size, but you know, I'm not going to be facing anyone as big as Akon or Chris Duncan. Like, yeah, it's I suppose as well. Then it's good though that you have the like the like you said, um, your nutrition is put in maybe the good relationships with food and built in some good habits. But before like the, that, before you decide to drop down to uh, drop down a weight class, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and do you do you feel around the gym like like you said having having so many guys from the gym competing on the, maybe the same Bellator card and even just other, other cards? Do you feel like having so many top guys around the gym uh, is a help? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. I think, I think, like always having having training partners that are like below you and with you and above you in their abilities is always really important. Um, so, in terms of actual actual uh, improvements in terms of training, you know, that's a big thing. You're going with bodies who are gonna who are going to be like on the offensive and like pushing you and making you defend and work out of horrible positions. Um, but then also like the fact that like, yeah, the big names, like they're, you know, some of the, some, some stars of MA like in on the team. And that's also very motivating, like seeing them um, bringing in the teams of cameramen, like to do like promo videos for them and stuff like that. Like that's, yeah, it's motivating. Definitely. So the, like because the gym is obviously like, has so many members, what's the kind of setup then? Would you have kind of first sparring? Is it everybody kind of there's a sparring day, or then is or is it kind of maybe staggered? Maybe we have the smaller guys to the heavier guys, or um, definitely definitely kind of size related. Like uh, within the sessions, it'd be kind of broken up like that, and we'd have um, we'd have every day uh, a sparring session with our team with the the whole team would would come along and uh that'd be like every day and midday i won't go i won't give like too many details about it but uh um yeah like so we train i train with the team with like most of the lads on the team on a daily basis and it would be like different like sparring but like with like slightly different kind of scenarios we'll say yeah 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 on each day like it's not just like like me here and my my partner here and just sparring it's like there's certain conditions placed on a particular day say and then also we generally do one or two like spars in the cage a week full mma spars just three fives like whatever or whatever we're doing five fives or amateurs we do three trees yeah do you find it then that just that that repetition of you know regularly feeling the going the distance that that helps your condition as much as anything else definitely yeah definitely Definitely does. I, I don't think, I, I think that's irreplaceable that like, you know, that, that sparring cardio, like if you're, if you're to do anything, I guess it would, it should be that like, um, it, if anything, the, the other conditioning, the strength training I do just complements it. Would you say kind of, um, 
maybe you said your first introduction to to MMA was kind of the, was playing the, the PlayStation or the, and playing a video game. And yeah. has has so far has a has a pro MMA career been, been like been what you thought it would be from playing the playing the PlayStation? <laughs> um, do you know what? Back then, when I was fifteen and I was watching the videos and whatnot, like because I guess at the time, at that time, it was more like just like they were they were professional athletes obviously but they weren't like you know they weren't like the the level they're at now like i think they were closer to lads just getting in and like scrapping each other and like i'd be very surprised if many of them were like even training at the same level with the same like at the same kind of with the same precision and everything that even some of the amateurs are now like you know, like I'd be surprised if they were weighing their food and and like counting their calories and like, you know, monitoring like their heart rate during cardio sessions and like this and that and whatever. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't. You know, I didn't think it'd be like this. I didn't think I'd ever like train be like training at this level. I guess like I never, I never really kind of thought too much into how any professional athlete trained. Um, but no, like looking at them boys like back then, I thought just two lads that just got in and like fought each other, like did a bit, you know, did a bit of training and just got in and fought each other. Yeah, and so did you, the first time you turned up at the at the gym, the city centre gym, did, did you know like yeah, this is what a, this is this is what I was looking for? Um, I guess I I guess do you know what I guess it was it was what I was looking for because just based on how quickly like I immersed myself in the world and like, <clears throat> you know, it's like first year of college when like everyone, you know, you like everyone else in my year and like all my friends who went off to whatever college they went off to were like partying and like all this stuff. And I was just like in the gym and like before, you know, I was in there every day before long. And then soon I was in there like before college and after college. So I guess based on just how quickly I was like drawn to it, um, it will probably was exactly what I was looking for at the time. Less so than e- even than than being in college. Like I think that's yeah, that's really what I wanted. But I remember the first day walking in. I remember talking to Stephen, like uh, my coach back then, Stephen King, and uh, like I remember first day walking in. Like I didn't think I didn't walk in and go like oh, I'm going to fight in the cage. I remember thinking I probably won't ever fight in the cage. Like but I just want to do this. Because it's something I've always wanted to do, like. And now here you are with, with, with a with a pro career. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it sometimes it can take you on a on a strange on a on a strange journey that you maybe didn't expect when you started. Yeah, yeah. Like I know, like the reason I nearly started martial arts, and a lot of people who else have been kind of on is who would have started at a young age said they wanted to just be, you know, a Power Ranger, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and now it's taken them on a on a journey like that. Uh, yeah. That you don't really see yourself going on when you start like that you you kind of maybe came from the, the video game but I, I want a bit of that to you know a pro career yeah exactly yeah and i think like it have so many people start for so many different reasons but i'd imagine like because like along with that and seeing the video game and stuff like that and then and like i guess i'd always as well i'd always wanted to be someone who could fight like not even in a in a professional like in an mma situation or whatever but like you know, I'd always like thought I wanted to be someone who could like handle themselves and in, in, like if there was an altercation or something like that, I wanted to be like someone who could, 
you know and like uh so that those those are the reasons i started but like but then i guess like most people you have they have their reason for starting but then it's just like it's just they realize it's actually so much deeper than that like to, yeah to them, to, like there's maybe the reason you started and then the reason you stayed exactly yeah yeah exactly yeah so just before we finish up if you had to pick a if you had to pick a favorite fighter a favorite fighter to watch uh who would you pick oh i mean i'm gonna have to say um i'm gonna have to say because like when i when i was getting into it or when i got into it like forrest griffin for me was like was like the man like um but now now it's hard to say i actually i don't i don't really watch many fights um but i at the moment i'm kind of out of anyone i'm i'm really enjoying watching israel adesanya yeah, he'd be he'd be my favorite fighter at the at the moment. Right. Yeah, yeah, he, he he's something special to watch. Even not to, even when you go back and watch his kickboxing fights, um, he's somebody I really enjoy to watch as well. So yeah, yeah. I suppose two good picks and OG of the sport there. Um, one yeah. that somebody, somebody hasn't said him yet, so that's why I ask. I like to see what what do people come up with. Yeah, and, uh, Griffin is one that somebody people haven't said. So yeah, uh, and and as like in terms of, like for me, he's like he's like kind of the longest the longest I've ever gone like ah he's my favorite fighter like his picture is still on the wall and I have read his book and everything like but like kind of since I got into it I guess I've kind of been less of an MMA fan so it's just kind of like at the moment I I like watching Israel Adesanya but like I'd kind of just maybe like you know enjoy different fighters from time to time but yeah yeah do you feel you nearly watch it with you watch it from a different point of view now more so than you would have back then like you kind of watch it watch the fights a little with a little bit of a different head on Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I think we'll actually finish there. Um, I really enjoyed the chat. Um, it was good to chat to a, f- a fellow Clareman and uh, hear your story and hear hopefully you'll uh, you get back into the winning column when we get back, to, um, get back to proper training and stuff. Thank you, man. Thanks for reaching out. Uh, lovely stuff. So uh, stay safe and all the best. Thanks, bro.